And welcome everybody, episode 185 of the Between Two Wheels podcast. Exciting, we're gonna we're live by the way. Join us uh, next time if you're not live with us. Episode 185 today, we're gonna talk about Volta a Burgos, some mustache, some masks, some lost fingers. Tour of North Georgia, got an update for you. We're gonna have some special guests joining us in a bit. Specialized bikes, bikes, the Venge, they're they gonna kill it off. We're gonna have a special tech guest for that as well, Chris Flower, just for those of you. NCNCA gets woke, we'll, we'll do some uh, controversy about that. Some winners, some losers, and fear is not a virtue, folks. Let's, uh, let's begin. Let's bring in our first guest. I don't know how everyone is doing, but um, this is Tyler Yonke, episode 185. I appreciate everyone joining us. And before I bring in my guest, um, I hope you're doing cycling well. It's been hot out there. I did a ride yesterday up on Mosquito Ridge, and there's this place called Big Trees. We're trying to get to some water. Um, the water was not there, so we pretty much cracked. John uh, Novikov and I cracked greatly. But today in studio here, and we're going to wait. Sean Bagley is supposed to join us too, but Mark Tucker. Mark Tucker, welcome. Hey, well, thank you. Yes, uh, I don't see the bikes and stuff behind you this time. You're changing venue. It's too hot out there. <laughs> it is hot. I, I, how do you do in the heat? I was talking to uh, Michael Sayers uh, a few weeks ago riding, and he's like, man, I suffer in the heat. And he used to live out in Arizona when he was doing it. And he goes, I, and I couldn't, I'm not a morning person either. So I was forced to ride in the afternoon and it was just uh, diabolical. How, how do you do in the yeah. heat? I think, you know, I suck, but I think a lot of people suck more. So like we <laughs> right. did a, a, a group ride that was kind of a mock circuit race here locally, a Wednesday evening. It was like 103 or something when it started. And, and it was about a 50 minute effort. Um, and you know, I, I wasn't liking it, but um, I won it, so I, I did better than others. Right. I, I feel that I kind of I, – I don't necessarily excel in the heat, but I do better than others. Okay, we're going to, we're going to bring in Mystery Man here. It is Sean Bagley. Sean, <laughs> welcome. Can you hear us, first of all? <laughs> I can hear you. All right, good. We've got so you. I, my, my girlfriend is uh, trying to interview a roommate, and she wanted me to just be there just to get a feel for him before – so I, I just uh, – let them continue and i stepped out gotcha okay what's your, what's your shirt say bacon bacon helps, bacon helps. Yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't hurt sorry oh. sorry in advance for the vegan yeah you're gonna trigger all the right. vegans now right. so. well it, maybe bacon bits i don't know the, the vegetarian ones um thanks sean for joining us we're let's let's do I, I was telling mark so we'll do the first uh try to do 30 minutes here we're live by the way so if someone wants to join in uh, Mark Tucker just—he's—he's uh, he's here and he put a comment. It's showtime, Susie. So, so we can show these things on screen, and yeah. if people have what comments, they can. Is it a delay? I just now saw it. I mean, come on. You, you I probably, know. Oh, I just—it well, just popped up on your on my screen. I just phone, look at that. I could just pop it up. So I control. Wow. I control okay. all here in studio. Uh, yeah. So you're the delay. I'm the delay. Yeah. So if got people it, um, people are joining in, if they want to uh, make some comments, um, be glad to do it. Um, we've got two guys here. They've both gone out to tour North Georgia, uh, the f part one, and then they did part two, part two. And uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit about that and then some possible controversial stuff. Uh, I just thought we'd, we'd kind of compact it in here. Let's try to do this in 30 minutes because then I have Chris Flower coming in. We're going to talk some bike stuff. We're only going to all just uh, waddle everyone down in some of the controversy. So who wants to go first about part two, your flight out there, everything, everything as expected. We got locked down a little bit more between part one and part two. Did that affect the, the racing at all? And did it affect your travel? Uh, it, go ahead, Mark. I'll, I'll go ahead. Um, no, I mean, travel wise, it, it felt the same as it did the month prior. Um, you know, mask when you're in the airport, mask on the airplane. Um, you know, so, so travel wise, it, it felt identical. Um, as far as the, the racing goes, um, it was quite fruitful for me. Um, I came in, uh, I, I, part one, I think I finished the, uh, the uh, stage in, in fourth place in the points. And, uh, fortunately, um, I learned before the very first race that, uh, the three people that were above me, um, weren't going to race in that field. And so I'm like, well, I'm in the lead all of a sudden. And, uh, so it's good. So it's good. Did they have an Omnium Jersey at all? They did. Yeah. I just got an email yesterday. Uh, oh, you hey, did? Gonna, oh yeah. Yeah. They're going to, I, I don't want to make you jealous, Sean, so I didn't, I didn't say anything. <laughs> no. but, but did they have one for the race showing who the Omnium leader no, was? At no, the, okay. no, huh, no, no. So, um, yeah, and then, uh, you know, we did the, the crit uh, Friday night and same course but opposite direction. 
And um, I thought it was going to be harder and think it was actually easier uh, mm. for me. Um, last time around, uh, I made the fatal mistake of lining up in the back of the field and racing combined 40 plus, 50 plus, fair number of guys. And by the time I got to the front of the race, there was a four-man 40 plus break up the road that I never saw. And so they racked up all the points and got all the uh, sprint points. And so this time I lined up in the front and I went with every attack and there was only two to go with. Uh, and the second one I got uh, into, it stuck and, and uh, Owen shot, um, who's, I, I guess, kind of a, a, a beastly masters guy. He was doing it as a P1-2 warm-up. Um, there were three of us in the break and I don't know if he didn't care for the third person in the break, but he gave me kind of the sign like, hey, I'm going to go. And he attacked him at the top of the hill, and I went, and he pulled for a full <laughs> lap. I could barely hang on to his wheel. And next thing you know, we're in a two-man break. And fast forward, I, I, I know it's when, during the road race. During the road race, we had a little break because there was a crash in the women's field. And uh, the guy that they throttled to drop in the break was talking to Mark. <laughs> and he was like, what you guys do that for, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, uh, yeah, that guy's, his, his name was Brad, I think, Parkinson's or something, or Parkins, and uh, he actually hit me up and wanted to know about coaching, and so I turned him over to, to Tony Wolf to my coach, and so, um, anyway, so yeah, so he was uh, uh, kind of surprised that um, we attacked him, and I just said, dude, I just, I went with it, and, you know, I'm glad I did, and so we ended up lapping the field, and uh, so I took second in the, in the crit, and these guys duked it out. I'll let Sean kind of fill in the how the field finished out. Before for before you do that, uh, yeah. What was the was there any difference in field size besides the top three that weren't there? As far did it expand a little bit from the week before or the the time before? Contract about the same? What it, was your about the, about the same? Some new guys that same. weren't in part one, yeah. but um, yeah, overall numbers were about the same. All right, Sean, how was your crit? Yeah. Uh you know, same for me. I, I wanted to make sure I started at the front with the hill because I knew that once you roll over the top of that hill, it's going to be pretty fast all the way around, and then you're just going to be playing catch-up if you weren't at the front. Kind of like Santa Cruz, you know? Mm. When you race Santa Cruz, if you get way too far behind, it's like you're playing catch-up the whole time, and then you gash yourself on that hill. Right. So uh, we just played it really smart. All of us lined up at the front, and uh, we stayed at the front pretty much the whole race. And what was your, you were race combined, scored separately with, with Mark then? Correct. Okay. And, and we, knew the, we knew that three guys that were up the road were 40s, yeah. and uh, nobody was really too motivated to chase them, so we just, um, all of us 50s just marked each other. Jamie Carney, of course, was the, uh, the guy to beat, and everybody right. knew that, so uh, anytime he went, we all went, and uh, was Jamie cracking also. Was Jamie in your group, Sean, or Mark's? I'm trying to remember. He's in my group. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's, he a, he's a 50. 50. Okay. Yeah, I think he was just a little older than me. So, sorry, Sean. Just a little and bit older. And he, he, he did the finish. He did the finishing turn a little bit better than me. He knew it. I was a little bit hesitant because I didn't want to crash on day one, and it was a really fast kind of a, one of those turns where you really had to dig your tires in and just cur- carve that turn. And I, I kind of took it a little too conservative and drifted out and then – he got way, way ahead of me, and wow. I just blew the finish. So, so would you, did you, uh, did you get second or so on that as well? Then, second or third? I got tipped. I got tipped at the line by oh. Corey. He, he, he slipped in underneath me and tipped me at the line for, for second. Is so that I your teammate? Third. No, he, he's, um, he used to live in Sacramento. He used to ride with Mike Sayers on the um, Bicycles Plus team, uh, but he moved out to Florida and now he's in South Carolina. Gotcha. So, um, crit, the same as before, like crit, road race, time trial, road race, circuit, or something like that? Was it very yeah, similar? crit, uh, Friday night, circuit race, Saturday morning, same circuit race course as before, time trial, Saturday afternoon, and then road race on Sunday. And, and so, which, go ahead. No, I was going to say, the, uh, the road race was a lot um, flatter. Okay, well, I was wondering, uh, well, first of all, the, the, the circuit race, you, you had trouble on the circuit race more than you did the road race, right, Mark? Yeah, yeah, okay. I did. I did it go much. better this time? I mean, we're not yeah, going to, spoiler, you end up winning it overall, so. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I stayed in the big ring the whole time, um, okay. and I mean, I think I just got race fitness from, from stage one, and then coming back and, and doing some top-end work um, in the intervals, like that finishing climb, it felt almost flat. Um, I felt that much stronger 
uh, this, this last time out. And, and, um, so yeah, it worked out well. I was, uh, one of, one of Sean's teammates, Bart Clifford, uh, with like two laps to go, he kind of rides up to me and says, Hey, uh, let's move towards the front on the last lap. And, and with like one K to go, when this climb kicks up, he's like, let's just light it up and let's just go, you know? And so I'm like, all right, cool. And people were, were dying off and the pace was low. And so, so I dragged the field in with like, like the final three miles, which was stupid. Um, and then we get to one K to, we get to one K to go and I just go all in and I'm up this hill and I look back and Bart's not there and, and I got to get, no one went with me. And so I, I mean, I don't know, Sean, if I had like a, a 7,500 meter gap going up this hill and, and they're, and they're charging fast and I'm dying. I'm like, Oh man, this is going to be like last time, but I was able to, 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 to dig deep and hold on. So I think I, I think I got fifth in the, in the circuit race. So so maybe, um, yeah. maybe was it Bart that told you? Maybe he just wanted you to like lead everyone out and sit on. So, suckered you in there. He was, yeah. he was a little, yeah, he was a little upset um, from the from the crit the night before. He said, "I, I, uh, I freight trained the field when we lapped him. I wanted to kind of like let him know, like, hey, I lapped you." <laughs> and, it was, and I and I took it was really bad timing. He had just gone yeah. for a point stream, and then Mark came by right after he was recovering on the hill. And everybody attacked and went after Mark and uh, with, Bart with, was with four laps to go. I mean, it wasn't like no it. Yeah. anyway. Oh, I, I hope it I was perfect. No, that was yeah. perfect racing. <laughs> but um, it was just really bad timing for poor, for Bart. It's one of those things. He just uh, it's a it's a tough little course. It's not a course where you can just sit in and recover. I mean, it, if you get popped at the wrong time, you're not getting back on. And that's what happened to him. And well, I was just riding really smart. So I was able to catch on. And so how did you end up then, Sean? I got third. Okay. Yeah. Now, now how did that, so, so Mark. Oh, in the, you talking about the circuit race? Yeah, well, the, oh, I guess you got third overall. Circuit race, I, I, we've, we've moved I got dropped in the circuit race, but uh, I finished. I, I got dropped on the last climb when I cramped, cramped really bad. My legs just locked up. So I just finished the last lap by myself and came in twenty first. Well, that's that's respectable. That counts for points. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a sprinter. I mean, clearly. Right. So. And so yeah. then then time trial and Mark, did you switch it up this time? Because last time we talked to you and when you went out there before, they had that thirty second advantage yeah. if you merced it without high dish wheels, fifties. I think was the the limit. So what did you do this time? So I, I exact same thing as last okay. time. I you know put on the the. The skin suit and um, you know the aero socks and clip-on bars. Um, my wheels are 55s, and so shave the arms. I uh, didn't shave the arms. I wow. guess I should have done that. Would have given me a, a half a second, maybe. <laughs> right. um, but I was I was pretty spent. Like when I got, I, I sat in the car and we went back to the hotel. Had some time to chill. Came back out to the 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 TT course, which is also the circuit race. It's just like three and a half miles out and kind of a downhill and then three and a half miles back. And, uh, I was sitting in the car with the air on, it was humid and, and hot. And, and, uh, I just thought, uh, you know, I was all suited up. It was like 20 minutes ago. I get out of the car and like my hamstring starts cramping. I'm like, Oh, this isn't going to be good. And so I, I kind of just spun out, uh, for about 10 minutes. And when I towed the line, I, I just, I went for it. My legs felt good. And I was, uh, almost 30 seconds, 25 seconds faster than I was for part one. And, uh, so, oh. I mean, I was the next same. I mean, I, I yeah, I beat you're faster too. Second, second place. I was 30 seconds faster. I had a lot of it was knowing the course. We, we thought the course was a lot harder than it was the first time. So we, we kind of laid up a little bit and this time I went all in and just gassed it and got 30 seconds faster. Yeah. So, um, going into the, the podium by one place. Uh, on for the stage, Sean, uh, for the time trial. You missed it by one place. Fourth. Okay, well, that, yeah, that's, I got fourth that's like solid. So going into the final day, what were your both your overall standings uh, for the Omnium? Sean, uh, Sean, were you cl you said you got thirty overall? Were you close to that still? So I got uh, in the in the criterium. I got one point frame for time where Omnium points, and then in the road race, also I got second place in one of the point premiums, and then getting second place in the road race. That gave me enough Omnium points to get third overall. Gotcha. So, gotcha. yeah, and, going, and I was, uh, okay. oh, I was going to say, so going into the final day, I'm just curious how your standings were. Yeah, so I had, oh. um, I was, I think, pretty comfortable to win the overall with my points because I, mean, I picked up 
I picked up 13 bonus points uh, in the crit, and then 35 for second place. So it was it was a healthy lead, and then you know fifth in the circuit and and, and a KOM point in the first in the TT. So I, I I mean I just had to kind of follow the guy that was right below me um, that was 12 points behind, um, and uh, so I, I just I was comfortable. I was I was just going to ride conservative. My my legs were were pretty taxed by that point. Right. Yeah, and I, I had planned on working for Mark or Bart, whichever one needed my help the most in the Omnium, but turned out neither one of them really did. Um, so I was able to kind of ride for myself on that road race, which was kind of fun. So the the so you get the overall then, uh, Mark, you win yours, and it was was Bart up on, on his as well as you, Sean? Were you guys both on the podium, I think? Is that right? So Bart got second place or third place for the um, both of them combined okay. because he did so well in the first one. And then uh, he got fourth right behind me in part two, and I got third in part two. Okay, so they part separated them out. Nine. Yeah. Gotcha. So, Mark, you won the overall. Yeah, so they did a, they did a podium for the on Sunday, a podium for the road race, and then they did a podium for the stage race for part two, and then they did a podium for the Omnium. And so I won part two, and then I won the, the Omnium, the overall. So. Um, so – Anything else you want to say about Tour of Georgia before we get into some of the, kind of the controversial stuff that, that happened uh, back home as well? Um, yeah. <laughs> right. um, any, I mean, look, I, it, was, it was good to, to, to check out the videos. or, or There's a few of them, and, um, at least the pictures, seeing you guys out there and racing. Is, uh, it's cool to see for me. You know, we're, we're sitting yeah. here back at home and uh, not have anything going on here. And there was even um, – uh, writer for Velo News was posting up about uh, you know North America is probably not going to have any racing this year, and someone on Twitter you know the only race that anybody really recognized going on was Tour of North Georgia. I mean that was you know someone from back east was saying that, and I chimed in. That's uh, Andrew Hood was the one that was doing that. So I don't yeah, think there's anything else going on. I, I'm willing to call the Tour of North Georgia the you know North American uh, Championships, and so I'll I'll, I'll tell you, <laughs> no, was, you know yeah. I'll say this yeah. um, there was. There was the fields were strong, I think, because nationals got pulled off the calendar, and some people had planned, you know, financially and time-wise to right. travel and race somewhere. And and I think they said, you know, riders from 35 states um, came out this huh. time around. I think, and so, but I mean, the, the only other thing I would say is the the promoters um, did a really good job, and and I told them that I would be yeah. their their NorCal ambassador um, and talk it up and. Hopefully, I think yeah. this was the biggest, the biggest um, tour of North Georgia they've ever had. So mm. they're hoping to, to kind of maintain and, and kind of build on that for next year too. Right, so, capitalize from um, the 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 issue that got them all this publicity and people. I didn't know about it before, so that's cool. Right. So any, yeah, it was really, it was a lot of fun. It really was. Yeah, one of the classics. I don't have any, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, Georgia. Uh, you know, we've had the tour of Georgia down there. Um, do you like racing in Georgia? It, you know, we talked about the weather before about the humidity. Was that, was that much of a problem this time? Uh, it wasn't for me, too it, bad. Was, I mean, yeah. it was like eight. Yeah. yeah. I, I could it imagine if it was high nineties, it would have been miserable, but it wasn't too bad. Yeah. I didn't notice it until we stopped. Like we got neutralized, um, on the backside of the circuit race and they just stopped us and the motor ref let two fields go through. And, and, uh, when you stop, man, you just, yeah. it hits you. And yeah. so, uh, as long as you're moving, I, I didn't think it was the, too bad. But, you know, Sean and I are from the Central Valley, so uh, yeah. we're used to yeah. sweltering well, temperatures. You both went down and did a, a practice crit down uh, Southern California. This Is that right? Yesterday or so? Yeah. About, oh, man. Uh, oh, man. 14 hours ago. <laughs> How'd that go? That was the fastest. That was the fastest race that I've done in probably three years. It was unbelievable. The first 10 laps were 30-mile-an-hour average. Um, it was just full gas the whole way. Um, yeah, all the Legion guys showed up, um, Rasan Bahati, uh, Rudy Napolitano, like all, you know, all these ex pros were there. So it was just, uh, it was a, it was a PP measuring contest for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, and everyone's been cooped up, right? I mean, uh, saving up or, or yeah. getting their fitness going. So, uh, you know, let's see how yeah. well it works. So who won you guys? Uh, I came out of the turn in second place on Dante Young's wheel, and then um, Bart, my teammate Bart, he came by me. I think I came in like fifth. I just kind of cracked right at the finish, but it's all right. I, 
I just contributed. I contributed to keeping the uh, the average speed up. Um, they did every yeah. lap. They, they rang a bell and and uh, did like a sprint um, kind of mock cream thing every ten laps. And I I went for it and I got the first three of them, um, probably because no one contested it. But uh, I was by, by the I, I pulled off actually on Bell out because I wanted to see the finish because it was exciting and I, I wasn't. The course uh, was uh, when you said it's a lot like Folsom, Mark. I would say it's almost like a carbon copy of Folsom. You know, Folsom always has really fast speeds. Uh, yeah, it's like kind of a two turns. Yeah, two turns D-shaped and, and a little wind on the backside, but um, it was plenty wide and, you know, all the way around. So, um, you know, never Who, had to really touch brakes. How did you find out about this? And was it, I mean, you don't have to say where it was because I don't want to get people, uh, you know, so it doesn't happen again, but uh, – you, it's it's, it's, top, it's, it's, top top a, it's a regular yeah no it's, it's, a, it's a very famous it goes back years and years and years it's kind of like the river ride but it's it's yeah. their river ride but it's on a Ethereum course gotcha think Camarillo I, I, yeah I was gonna say you go to a liquor store and you give a code word and then the cashier it's like <laughs> a rave you know the cashier gives you an egg or something and then you first no, rule is uh, don't talk about it right yeah, no. uh, it's been going on for like what thirty years or something, Sean. Is that what? Uh, yeah, the scoop is. Yeah. I, I guess the comparable would be El Viso. Okay. You know, it's just uh, everybody shows up and they have a certain start time and they just go and then yeah. that's it. You you did that yeah, recently, right, Sean? Is that correct? You're kind of yeah. just cruising around, finding every little group ride. I'm, I'm going everywhere. Yeah. Have race, will travel. Desperate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so seven hours of driving for practice. Course. Right. So, so that brings in that brings in you're you're kind of a lightning rod for some some controversy, and I think that's that's one thing we'll talk about here. Um, and and matter well, of fact, John is too. I mean, well, <laughs> yeah, you're, oh, you're you're not you're not Mark Eagle, yeah. you know. Um, so I mean, last time we talked, you had you had messaged me, and I'm going to talk, say it now because you posted it on uh, the NCNCA page. The issue with you and your your job and someone trying to basically get you fired there. Um, there's that, and then the fact that you guys have been going out to Georgia and posting there. And I know there was some stuff about um, you know contacting the. the bo- uh, so what what? How much do you want to say, and uh, um, how much do you want to uh, to talk about that, if at all? Well, um, so. You know, some, anybody that knows me knows I, I can be sarcastic and a little bit of a smart ass, and that's kind of that's kind of what it was with this this thread. And uh, you know, you don't really little, think little about smart ass, yeah. you don't really think about it ever coming back to uh, bite you in the ass uh, until this particular time. Uh, I, I don't know exactly who it was, although I have about a ninety nine percent inkling on who it was, but. Somebody actually used a fake name and fake uh, e- or an uh, anonymous email, sort of, and emailed my HR department at my work and said that, you know, I was traveling out of the country and I was boasting about, you know, riding without masks, something, you know, and, and I got called into the office at work, you know, to explain and and they were like, look, you know, you you're representing the hospital, you have to be careful of what you say, you know, this is the, this is different times. And uh, you just have to be careful what you're saying. I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I, I see that now. So, but, you know, it was just one of those things where somebody literally had to go out of their way to email my work, you know. It's like, that's just, that's, yeah, I don't want to, I'll leave it at that, but it's just. Well, yeah. so, I mean, look, well, if, if any of those people want to uh, contact me and we'll have a discussion about that side, that's perfectly fine. I'll, or if they want to join in and make some comments, uh, perfectly happy with uh, me entertaining that. Um, or if they want to uh, look, I've been riding without a mask because I'm riding outside and that, that's the way I feel about it. If they want to contact my HR department. They can just contact, <laughs> <laughs> contact me. That's the luxury of owning my own, uh, business. So, um, and so I feel for yeah. people out there, you know, there's differences of opinion and, um, is it, why did you feel that the necessity to post that on, um, kind of the follow up uh, on Facebook, on, on the Facebook NCNCA page, bringing it out to light? Um, you know what? I don't know. I waited two weeks. I decided I was going to sit on it. I wanted to do it right away and I decided to sit on it. And then I just started seeing the way things were going. Um, the George, our first Keith de February posted something about our first foray out into Georgia. And there was some, e- there was an email sent to the NCNCA board that chastised them for promoting racing in the, the age of a pandemic. And they were 
encouraged to remove it. And uh, next thing you know, the post was gone. And I, I think that he actually had to send an apology letter to that person, which, you know, it's like, come on, guys. You know, uh, it's not illegal to fly. It's not illegal to fly. And if it was, we wouldn't have been able to go. Um, they had sanctioned racing in Georgia. Uh, just because it's not sanctioned in California doesn't mean that we did anything wrong. And I'm also, I'm a nurse, and that was part of where the, the controversy came because they thought that I might be endangering patients and bringing stuff home, but I don't work in patient care. I'm a transfer coordinator. Um, I work in an office. I wash my hands. I wear a mask anytime I leave the office, so it's not like I'm out there endangering people's lives. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, yeah. So, Mark, why were you I, I not involved in this? Regret. What's that? Why were you not involved in this controversy? <laughs> or actually, you were. You, know, you were part of the, the person going out there. How do you feel about that then? I mean, you, you any concern for you? Yeah, I, I like to uh, sit on the front in the races and, and let Sean kind of sit in. And on social media, <laughs> I let Sean sit on the front, and I just kind of draft <laughs> off of him. Um, no, I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed that um, I don't know any of the board members for NCNCA individually. Um, and I've like ridden with Eric Camacho, but um, I don't know that I, I, my concern is, is, is the board representative of its membership and, or is this a situation where you've got some fringe um, element um, of, of, you know, the NCNTA membership that um, has some juice because the, our, our own board um, isn't, you know, acting in the interests of its members. And it, it just seems like, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna uh, I'll be Sean's campaign manager for a seat on that board, and then and then you'll have some really good podcasts to work with. Huh? Right. Well, I have an inside inside <laughs> scoop. Oh, so yeah. I, I don't know if either one of you yeah. want to comment on this, but um, I think it's also interesting. I'm just on their page there, and they put up a thing, you know, with light of kind of the shape of the world right now that we're going to start. They're going to start a newly formed diversity and inclusion committee. Now, I don't I don't have any problem with that in general. Um, or at, at all, actually. Um, but my problem with kind of focusing, especially right now when we're not even racing, they're going to get a council to include diversity and, and stuff in racing. This sport just in general kind of blows as far as uh, getting people. I we're, we're having trouble getting juniors involved in the race. And I know the Williams brothers are really doing some things to try to do, you know, diversity. And I don't even know that how successful they are. Um, I don't know if this is where the NCNCA community needs to um, uh, start really focusing this. <clears throat> let's get people actually in this sport yeah. and stop it dying. And then let's, because I, I mean, how how easy is it for us in Lycra to just get <laughs> anybody interested in this sport? Just, I can't get my own damn kids involved. But um, I, it's, and, 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 and so I'm not necessarily mocking it, but you know, we've yeah. got a pandemic, we've got other things going on. And, and of course, you know, the, the shape is going to be in this to me. Um, and I saw some comments in here and I would not, I would not even comment on this. Uh, there was this one lady, she, um, she had a real problem, <laughs> real problem with this. Uh, anything you want to dip your toe into this, this controversy I'll, I just yeah, made? I will. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I, will you know, too. I, don't, I don't know that I'll go first though. Cause it's Sean, Sean, yeah. Sean, Sean can pull through. I'll, um, <laughs> I think I uh, might shock you. Yeah, you might, you might, um, I don't. I don't think anything bad can come out of um, the move to create such a committee. But um, you know, I think it's it's a matter of you know individually what can what can you do, what can I do, what can Sean do um, to not just increase diversity and inclusion, but um, you know just bring junior writers from all sorts of backgrounds into it. And I mean, I mean, yesterday was a good example. Um, you know, Sean's mentoring a, a, a local kid who's just gotten into racing and, mm. and uh, you know, took him down to, to experience his practice crit. Uh, we brought two guys. I brought two guys down in my car. Um, you know, one's a junior, one is, is 22 and, and had never been in a crit before. And so I apologized before and after. Right. That was his first Let's see crit if that's the crit, fastest but... crit Sean's done in a while. That might have been <laughs> yeah, a shock. No, this, this guy's, this guy's uh, uh, Stephen, um, look out for him, uh, you know, okay. next year. He's in, he'll be an elite. Uh, he'll be in a Velo Kings kit. And uh, he's, he's got some uh, pretty good uh, kind of raw talent. So, uh, but, but I think it comes back to, you know, instead of saying you should do this or you should do that, it's like, 
you know, self-examine. What can I do? How can I be more impactful in all those areas? And then, and then, you know, don't point your finger at someone else, but you know, do something yourself about it. Well, and it sounds like you're, yours, you're, you're using examples where you too are specifically doing something about it, which I congratulate for uh, Sean. Yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm going to actually surprise some people and say, I'm, I'm actually all for it. Uh, I, I, when that I initially read it, I made a comment, like, I didn't think we needed a committee for that. I yeah. thought we were, that was our goal was to get everybody, you know, into cycling. But Hey, if, if, if a committee will help, I'm all for it. I'll support it. I'll do whatever it takes, you know? Well, good. We're, we're on board. Yeah. Let's, let's get some more people involved in this sport. Um, Amen. All right. Uh, anything, any other controversies you want to stir up before I, I'm supposed to bring uh, Chris Flower and I'll text him saying, hey, join me. Because uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the Venge and how it's basically gone away. Uh, you, you write a Specialized, right, Mark? Yeah, yeah, I'm on a, a Tarmac SL. Okay, so you're, you're continuing the Tarmac. You're on a venge? He's, he's on the venge. Okay, so the, I understand. Oh, Chris is coming in, so we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, anything else you guys want to do before I dish you out of this this conversation and uh, and go on to Chris? Oh, we're good. All right. No, I'm good. Thanks, man. We'll, we'll be in contact. Thanks, hopefully, Chris. we'll before I go. Uh, well, hopefully, we'll do some more race uh, news. And if you guys do any of those races, you know, we'll be in contact, of course. Uh, all the best for you. And if I get down to Central California, I will look you up. We'll we'll hang out. Um, if you come up here, let me know. We'll we'll um, we'll do a little ride or something. For sure. Sounds good. All right. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Chris Flower, you're here in the house. Let me um, join you in. There you go. How you doing? Hey. Good. How are you? Good. And you know what? You sound you sound good. Got your headphones going this time. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. They they seem to be working relatively well. Good. So um, I don't know if you heard any of the the conversation I just had with those guys, but um. It was, it was pretty decent, and uh, we talked a little about their Tonga, the race down in Georgia, and then uh, a little bit of issue with Sean, because Sean likes to stir stuff up online. So um, okay. just a little bit of the You could maybe re- review that later on. But um, what I really <laughs> want to talk to you about is um, Phil's Fondo. How do you, <laughs> I understand yeah. that's, that's high in your list this year, this week. That's, that's pretty critical. That was, um, you know, with the race season – falling apart i decided i would make that my my a event okay um i i, I don't know much about it i don't you, um, you I mentioned it this morning on, i didn't even know that that was I, happening i figured knowing phil he would uh, not have that happen no i think uh what i did see on on instagram something popped up in my feed and i guess it's um a do your own fondo type thing where you can still pay and join uh and on <laughs> the day of the event why you would you pay to join why, why would you do that? Oh, that's the dumb, that good, good for Phil. I, I appreciate uh, him, you know, capitalizing on capitalism basically and pushing that out there and still getting a way to make money uh, or to bring, I don't know, maybe it's all given away for charity, but um, why would you, I, I for God's sake, why would you do that? Is it all for, it's for charity? I think is cookie is monster charity or something so, stupid. Uh, I think he does that um, fundraiser to get, um, food to kids that are in need. So it's, it's a good cause, but it just, I know folks definitely go for the social atmosphere and getting to potentially get a cookie from Phil or whatever happens at those events. So Sounds dirty. Uh, I'd be curious to see, I hope it's not, um, uh, curious to see how the, how the turnout is on the, on the, I guess it's not really even an e-fondo. It's just a ride around your house. Fondo. <laughs> Do you get to pick the own route or is it, and how much research have you done? Let's just speculate. I think you've got to try and replicate the route that they do. Okay. That's what I'm going with. So if you live in the flatlands and they're supposed to be climbing in in the hills of Malibu, you might be out of luck and you have to do a really long ride to accumulate that much vertical elevation. Uh, That's that's rough. A few questions for you. Um, Shoot. Well, we're going to talk about specialized bikes. Have you watched any of the Vuelta Burgos? I have seen a total of... 13 seconds of that race. That's enough to see all the finishes. Which, what, what 13 That's seconds did you? That's pretty much what I've seen. Okay. I don't know if you had heard. Except I, I, for today's finish. Oh, um, Today I saw a picture of the finish. Yeah, I tuned in right after count? it happened. And um, okay. so I could I could tell you about it. But I understand the gentleman lost a finger. Um, do you know anything about that? Uh, I didn't see the video of that, but I did see a, a picture, not of the finger, but of just kind of like a, um, a headline from Cycling News, and it looked like they had crashed into a, 
guardrail and maybe his finger was on the hoods and that got wedged in there uh, somehow. Yeah. Um, Matt, was that stage one? I think so. Yeah. God, imagine that being your first day back into racing and you lose a finger. Right. I, I'm going to show this here. Let's see if we can uh, zoom in here. Um, I'm not flipping you off, but I have a finger here that uh-huh. was that was cut off as a kid and they sewed it back on. It's got actually two fingernails kind of in, in there now. It's a little weird situation. Hey, I oh, and then side note, my my law partner just just settled the case. I mean, we're talking seven digits settlement. I don't get to see any of that, but um, and it has to do with a f- cut off finger. So um, it can be lucrative or it can be just a pain like me. So the kid lost a finger. It's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, let's be honest. It seems but. like you may want to reevaluate the the contract you've got with your partner if you're not getting anything out of it. Right. No, he does his thing. I do my thing. It's not a bad situation. No, no. I, I live my life. He lives his life a little better, <laughs> a little better, <laughs> a lot better. Um, okay. What's going on with the tour Borgo? Well, I, I know Gaviria won day one or day two. He won day two. D- no. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Well, or three, yeah. two, two. You're right. Two. Two. Mustache man, Grosschartner won stage one. They did this like, like 12 mile. They came in, they do like a, one and a half K climb and then they drop down and they do a loop and then they come back and they do that one again. And, uh, they, as they hit it, the teams are all, you know, jockeying for position and Bora Hounsger's, uh, uh, gross, uh, Felix gross Chartner takes off and he has a little bit of a gap and he's like, you know, it's like a kilometer and it's a steep little, it's a, it's a Valverde hill, right? It's perfect. And he has a little okay. gap and about halfway up, he has a bigger, and he just keeps extending it and no one knows how to chase, I guess. And he easily, easily won with a mustache. I don't think they've had a mustache win there since the seventies. Um, if even then, but, um, okay. it was, it was pretty impressive. And, uh, Valverde was like third or so. So it was good for him. And then Gaviria and the next day comes in there and just, they're flying super fast into the finish and he kicks. It's kind of a roundabout and a bunch of guys go straight. Some go right, go to the right, correct direction. Oh, and, happened? Yeah. And I think Sam Bennett was fine. Um, it was Sam Bennett, uh, DeMar and, um, Giacomoto or, uh, I don't know, whatever that guy's name is. Um, one of those Italian guys. And then, um, Gaviria just killed him outright. So it was pretty impressive. Yeah. It looked like in that sprint, he was the only guy that knew it was the finish and well, he kind of had a, a pretty good effort. And then he kind of, it almost looks like he'd look back like, am I a lap early? What, right. What's going on well, here? And, and I think that's kind finish? of a, it's almost, a, and I didn't get to see full, I read today. It almost sounds like Sam Bennett had a similar situation where everyone crashed and he just kept going. And then he's looking around and he's like, I guess I have the win. Almost like that. But um, the, the real story of the race though is uh, Evan Pohl, Remco, and, yeah. and his win yesterday. I did see that like the last four or five K Carapaz is bobbling off there. Yates is having trouble. Uh, Chavez is doing fine. And then and he's up there, and he being Remco, and then he just uh, rides, and he rides everyone off his wheel. And then there's a super strong headwind, and maybe that's it. I mean, the day one, he had been out in the wind, and the whole field, he was off in the front, and the whole field is getting shattered behind him. He's so low, 20, 30-second gap. He's just holding it out there for quite some time, and the whole field is like in segments, you know, like you'd see in early season classics racing. And finally, he just he turns his corner that doesn't have the same wind. He just sits up. Dude is impressive. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the guys he beat, um, I'm, I'm pulling up the results here, but my thing keeps reloading. Uh, I mean, he beat some of the top climbers that are out there right now. So it's like, yeah. you know, what does that mean for his Grand Tour aspirations? Or is he going to be kind of a, a jack-of-all-trades kind of guy? I mean, he's beating... George Bennett was the closest guy. George Bennett. Seconds. Does, there, I mean, yeah. He beats Miguel Landa, right. Chavez, um, you know, crushed Fabio Aru. I mean, there, there's a lot of guys on there that Carapaz. are solid climbers that have, have done well in, in big events. Yes. Um, so, and it, it's not like guys are that far away from reaching peak form. It's not like a Grand Tour is several months away. They're, they're just around the corner. So Right. So, you know, we have Strada Bianca coming up here on Sunday. And part of the thing has always been, you'd mentioned this, and I read it again today, um, where Sagan is kind of, a, you know, look, this would be a great race for him, but he always comes off at like some altitude camp. Just the time it's at, it just doesn't work for him. Maybe, and, and but right now, there's really none of those typical excuses because if you're prepping for the tour or any of these else, you should be looking pretty good. So Remco... I mean, I don't know what, look, I, I think uh, Sayers had talked to this uh, to me about this, and he's like, these younger guys, it's more and more, you see Pogacar, right? He's 
you're not waiting for him to come in. Bernal, you're not really waiting for them to, to make their, you know, we're going to give them five, ten years. and then, No, they're like now, and they're doing it. And uh, Remco's a bigger guy, but he, I mean, he's short, but he seems a little more stocky. He almost looked like a Cavendish climbing up there. Uh, speaking of which, he was in the race today. I don't see that he did anything. And then let's talk about bikes, if you're done with, if you're okay with that. Well, wait, I, I got a question about Strada Bianchi. Is that Sunday or is that tomorrow? I believe. I thought it was tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Because you're right. It's, I think it's the first. That would have ruined my morning if I skipped it. I'm glad I, I checked. Um, you told me today you haven't you've watched 13 seconds of bike racing well that's because it's not you know strata strata bianchi all right all right bianchi, bianchi? Bianchi. I, I have no idea how to watch it other than kids i think i've griped about that all week I, it seems like to actually catch a, a good season of bike racing these days you need to drop 500 bucks in streaming services multiple it's uh, it's not, worse than right. you know like I've got Disney, I've got Peacock, I've got Netflix, I've got Amazon, but they're all kind of like little dollar ones. It's not a big deal. Uh, and bike and flow right. is, you know, to me too expensive. And then, you know, NBC, all these other ones. So yeah, it's kind of, it's tis the season. Yeah. I mean, otherwise you're dropping flow bikes, uh, Fubo sports, GCN pass, NBC sports, your Euro sport VPN. It's just, I guess I'll watch pirated feed. Well, so I have a VPN now, so I might, I might be able to see some of those that I normally wouldn't have. Um, someone needs to go in. Look, we, we talked about you. You and I were texting about this, and you know, cycling doesn't have revenue sharing, um, but what also right. makes it difficult. The NBA, okay, so you have the NBA that's just you know one one network takes it, and then you can revenue share. That's got to be difficult when you have multiple of the same country you know, having uh, the access to video or to, to be able to show the, 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 the bike race. And then you've got all these different countries. Uh, so revenue sharing has got to be much more difficult. And I think the you have to have like a global, um, well, UCI, whatever, and then they could share it out. Something, it's, it doesn't seem yeah. impossible. It just seems more difficult. It seems like the teams would need to get really motivated. Like if you were to go to the NBA owners and say, hey, we're going to stop revenue sharing, I don't think that would happen. Uh, so what no. you need to do is get... The ownership to say, okay, we need to figure this out because, you know, the 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 team managers having to go beg and borrow for pennies from big businesses isn't really going to cut it uh, in in 2021. So we need to figure something out. Otherwise, it's just going to not exist anymore. I, it, it's um, I remember Vodders complaining about that, or people were complaining to him about it a few years ago, several years ago. And they're like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's socialism and da da da. And, I, and my, I responded, which he ended up liking, was this is a capitalist venture. But within that sport, it's, it's socialism, if you want to call it that, because it's all got to be shared. But you've got to really think of it like McDonald's. McDonald's is a corporation, but they have all these separate little businesses that, you know, it's probably a sharing, you know, you're, you don't get a franchise and then you're just on your own. It's, it's not, you know, right. McDonald's, it's McDonald's. And so uh, that's still all that sharing McDonald's. in McDowell's. Yes. Coming to America. <laughs> so you've got that same problem with cycling and it's not being taken care of, you know, um, uh, ASO just takes their money and runs. So, right. Whatever. Okay. Let's, let's talk bikes. So specialized, they, yeah. or, or, or you want to talk about Orbea first, right? Wasn't that it? Tell everyone. I, what the I don't deal know much is. about Orbea. Uh, there's a lot of new bikes that just came out. Um, I'm you guessing that they they were wanting to have them come out sooner. They usually come out around the tour. So I know what Specialized came out with a new bike. Marita came out with a new bike. Orbea came out with a new bike. Trek Belt came out with a new bike, but that was earlier. Trek came out with a new bike. Um, yeah, so there there's a lot of new bikes out there. But I think the biggest one that made the the most notable social media explosion would have been Specialized. They did a really good job of just bombarding every possible media stream that they could get their hands on, whether it was the cycling websites or Facebook or Instagram TikTok. or YouTube. I don't know anything about TikTok. Uh, I, I just said every, that. every one you can imagine. <laughs> so I just thought maybe that was what it was. I couldn't imagine that one cause I never use it. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's supposed to be just like the, the bike of the, of the, of the year. So um, what, faster I, I, than any other bike. And so Imanda got quite a bit of uh, play. So I hadn't even heard yeah. about some of these other ones. Uh, and well, I, that's not true. Uh, BMC, they came out with a new bike and I saw a little bit about that. And then um, looks like Imanda just, you know, Trek kind of exploded uh, 10 times, tenfold, whatever, above what any other bike had done on a release. 
And, you know, they have an embargo. I don't know if you've ever heard the journalists talk about it. This they, they get all the info, and you can't talk about it till this date, and then that date comes, and everyone gets to talk about it. It's so stupid. Um, right. But then Specialized, like you said, blew it out of the water, and you had been bombarded by our friend um, Coach Nate Dunn about it, uh, lamenting the fact that this was ruining rim breaks or something. Why don't you give us some of the, the idea, and why we've been talking about this is because there's all kinds of little controversy. It looks like uh, – tubeless tires aren't really kind of a thing with it, but yet it's going to be, or you could break that down what that means. Rim brakes are kind of going the way, the Venge, it looks like they're kicking that one as the uh, kind of the, the Corvair of cars. You know, we're done and over with you. I'm not saying it's unsafe at any speed, but I'm just saying. It might be. Uh, yeah, so the the whole notion behind the, the tarmac is, uh, this, this new tarmac is they did kind of a, a combo of the prior iteration of the Tarmac SL6, which was kind of the the lightweight, comfortable uh, climbing bike, so to speak. Mm. And they, they've got the Venge, which is the the arrow. You have one, right? What's that? You have an, uh, do you have one of each? I Well, I have the, the SL6 Tarmac, and I've got a like first edition Venge okay. from, I don't know, 2013. Um, so, yeah, it's supposed to be like, as aero as any bike and as light and climbing as any bike. So it's kind of taking the best of both worlds and, right. and making it into one. And I don't know if I've got, let me see something here. I'm going to try and absolutely ruin your, your thing. Let's see if I can't. You, you haven't been paying attention to these shows. Have you? <laughs> the, the ruin is something we do. Let's see. Uh, when is this bike available? Yeah. It's available now. Oh, okay. And and for some so, reason, I can't seem to share my screen with you. Oh, can oh here, let me let me add this in, Chris. Uh, just just be careful there. There we go. Look at that. Okay, so so here we go. This this is kind of like their big ticket here. This is a, a little snippet from uh, the uh, Cycling Tips website. So this is their um, what do you want to call it? Their their arrow chart showing the the new tarmac and where it falls on the uh on the grand scale of things my monitor is wigging out over here one second yeah all right this isn't working as well as i wanted it to go i'm curious what you're ordering on amazon you want to flip over to that guess you oh i was looking at some headphones you want to see guess you are um so figure out what you need to do there then we'll, we'll pull it up um all right now what is what is so special about this tarmac that made me want to talk to you about it? That's a really good question. <laughs> Why are you um, here, Chris? Yeah, I don't know. Let me, hang on, hang on, hang on. All right, there we go. That should be good to, to share. Again. All right, there we go. All right, so this is what, what I was trying to get to before. For some reason, my monitor was wigging out. So this, this is um, specialized <laughs> media stuff. So it shows you how much better the SL7 is than any other bike in time. So SL7 is as high and far out on the chart as you can get. So you can see the the former SL6 over here. It's pretty light, but it's mm -hmm. not particularly fast. And you can see the Venge. That's pretty fast, but it's not all that light. So what do we do to kind of make a better bike? Well, we combine the best parts of the Venge and the best parts of the SL6, and we come up with the SL7, and we put it on this graph that doesn't really have any real quanti quantitative data to, to kind of show you where it is, but... You know, you can say that it's it's faster than the first generation Venge. It's lighter than the SL5. It's lighter than the SL6, and it's better than the new Amanda, and it's better than the Madone, and it's better than the Veg5. So it, it's just the best bike ever. Um, I'm not sure if you watched any of the other uh, YouTube things that went out. I know NorCal Cycling did one where um, Jeff and, and Chris Reichert went out and rode the bikes and gave it an honest review based on 30 minutes of riding. But I only saw their like 30 second clip of them going downhill, swapping turns. Okay. That, that was 10 minutes of that basically. It was impressive. Um, but no, it, it's, it's supposed to be a, a good bike in the sense that it's aero and it's light. And that's yeah. exactly what you've always wanted in a bike, right? It, it yeah. seemed like the, the prior choice was always one of well, the, you other. can have a light bike or you can have an aero bike. Well, now you can have both. Um, Which is, I, I think the Madone kind of went, not the Madone, the Amanda kind of went in that same direction yeah. where they took their, their climbing bike, which was the Amanda and gave it some of the Madone flair. So it's, it's also a, a light aero bike. 
And I think that's kind of what the, the engineering direction is, is headed toward at this point in whether you're looking at Trek Specialized or Bea, blah, 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 blah. That chart um, reminds me. Well, let me, before we go, that, that chart, the way you described it and showed it there, this one, this one is slow. This one is fast. This one's light. This one's heavy. And look, we're, <laughs> we're going up here. Um, it reminds me of the Disco Stew chart where he's like, <laughs> Disco, and it's the chart's going up. And this trend continues. It's like, but right. yeah, that's done in 78. Um, so nice that they put that chart together. Um, yeah. And obviously the bike is what it is. It's light and fast. I don't know about, it's easier to measure the lightness, the fastness. I mean, anyway, what were we going to say? Back to... Oh, so, so getting back to uh, the, the message that Nate sent me. So he had sent me a, a, a text the day that this bike was announced. What was that? Uh, a few days ago. And just kind of commented on the fact that, well, Specialized killed rim brakes. Right. So I think this is the first iteration of the Tarmac that they put out that is disc only. So the, the SL6, while it was available in limited form, it was available with, with a disc, not let me say a rim brake model. And that's no longer the case. And uh, Specialized has quite a bit of clout in, in the bike world. So them no longer offering a rim brake whatsoever kind of signifies the, the end of that, um, that model. Because um, I don't think it's available. Trek, the Imanda does not have a rim brake. The new Orbea does not have a rim brake, so I think the the industry is kind of going full stop away from uh, the disc or the rim brake. When you get a bike close to fifteen pounds and you're able to do that with a disc, I mean, what's the point of going rim? As far as weight, you know, that was always kind of like one of the the offsets. Um, I haven't done disc brakes. Um, my concern would be if if there's any issues with like swapping wheels out quickly, if you're, if you're on, you know, doing a racing like pros, but um, obviously if they're doing it, then I guess it's no big deal. It's yeah. I mean, it works for them because they've got the ability. I, I think a lot of the, the pro racers that do get a flat with um, a disc bike, they're just changing the bike. Right. Mm-hmm. They just grab a bike off the roof and get the guy on and they probably deal with the, the wheel after the fact, because yeah, it does take a little longer and you're you're hopeful that the the rotor is perfectly aligned so you right. don't get rub and all that good stuff. So um, in in the amateur fields, like if we were out at Dungan Hills or something doing a race and you get a flat, you're screwed anyway. You're kind of hosed. I mean, you're, the likelihood of you being able to chase back on while you wait for the the wheel vehicle if there is one is is going to be tough. So eh. and if you're in a crit, you've got all the time in the world anyway. So I'm always a little skeptical on things because I think. Um, as an example, going to rim, the disc brake may be the, the exact perfect thing to do. But a lot of times I think it's industry making a wholesale change, forcing you to do that as well, whether that you want to or not. You know, um, iPhone goes from a normal headphone jack to uh, the lightning plug-in. Uh, okay. I mean, now you've got to change everything. you got to buy a dongle or everything just changes. And then it's just, it, they have the bigger charger, you know, I mean, they make changes and you don't really have much choice because everyone's going to do it. And so next thing you know, everyone's going to go. I don't know how much of that is in play with a disc or is disc just that much great, greater? I, I don't know. The only disc bike I've got is a gravel bike. And I will say some of the descents I've done on that um, were significantly more controlled with that brake setup than my prior gravel cyclocross bike, which was rim brake. But those are pretty extreme situations. Sure. Um, I will say that when I when I did buy an SL6, I bought it just as a frame set with um, with the rim brake because I've got all the wheels and I've got the group sets that I need. So yeah, if, if I were to go out and buy a new bike now, I'd have to restart from scratch. Here's a so here's, it, here's a here's a listener comment uh, live on the show as we go. Brian Zimney chimes in, and he I believe he does disc brakes um, as a racer. There's still a problem flying with disc brake bikes and wheel swaps in races with disc brake bikes. Does that make sense to you? That's kind of what you no. okay. Um, it sounds like he's saying on the fly, it's still a problem trying to swap in your wheels um, yeah. as it is, which which makes sense. Yeah. Um, and look, so this would be then then uh, Wilson, uh, who owns Folsom Bike, or Jason Grafath, or John Novikov, or maybe even you would say, how about you do tubeless, and then you just kind of eliminate some of that, which you're, I imagine that's tr- correct um, for the most part. Uh, tubeless has been known to uh, maybe solve some of that uh, wheel flats problem at least unless it's catastrophic yeah no that's that's another good point is the the new specialized tarmac comes spec with the 
Roval Rapide CLX Super Duper wheel set, and um, uh, I think they're specced to not allow tubeless, so they're they're tubed only. How, how does that the, the the tire itself? I mean, the bike can fit a tubeless tire, right? Yeah, but you need different wheels. So the okay. wheel can't uh, accommodate a tubeless setup, and apparently that came down to the amount of carbon layup that they could apply to the wheel while still maintaining a certain weight. And it just, uh, in their opinion, made sense to go with a lighter, more aerodynamic wheel that would not allow tubeless. Okay. Um, so yeah, the, the big push, I think specialized even released a new tubeless tire last year. That was supposed to be the, the kind of pinnacle of all tubeless tires. And now it's like, well, that's, that's not applicable to our newest, greatest bike. Sorry. So it seems like that might be kind of, uh, as, as you noted, the industry trying to control the purchasing um, patterns of, of their customers. So in a year or two years, maybe they'll refine this current wheel set to allow tubeless. And then there's got to be a drive to, you know, swap out your now irrelevant tube only wheel set with this fancy new tubeless wheel setup. So what do you know about those, uh, those wheels? I mean, I know some people that, you know, look, I was able, I bought a, a giant last year and what I did was I was able to buy the frame and then I built everything up myself as far as what I wanted. So it didn't come the, if I were to buy that, that bike from the shop, it didn't come with the group that I wanted. So I made it happen myself. Um, what is, what do you know about those set of wheels which I probably wouldn't buy? I know people that bought the uh, specialized and then they sell those wheels and then get the wheels they actually want. But are those super arrow wheels? I mean, are you, I, seems like to me you can get a nice pair of zips or something that you're going to accomplish that same pro the same issue so maybe you're saying unless you're the the standard i go to the bike shop i stick <clears> with this um and then next year hey i'm going to get the tubeless so you're going to come out with a roval tubeless tire maybe yeah so they they're replacing the the roval clx so i think you removed the repeat from the title i forget um so the aero data that specialized has on those hasn't really been made public that I've seen. They're just allegedly faster. The only metrics that they've actually reported on is that they're 25% more stable. Um, I, I don't really more know stable. what that means in terms of, yeah. So How like unstable for, are for their like current a, wheels? That's the, the question. Well, if you're riding them and you get hit by a sidewind, I'd like to have 25% less push. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the things, if you, you look at the bikes as a <clears throat> as like a, a whole, so they, they argue that the SL7 with the new Roval Rapide wheel set is 40, 45 seconds faster across 40 kilometers in comparison to the old SL6, but that's with the old SL6 using the old wheel set. Mm. Now, they don't have the aero data for the old wheel set, I'm sorry, of the new wheel set mm. as compared to the old wheel set. So if you were to apply apples to apples, maybe the new bike isn't that much more aero than the old bike. And that's why they're not really releasing aero data on the new wheel set. It seems like they're always big on this is this much faster. This is that much faster, but the new wheel set, Oh, it's this much more stable. So is it faster than the old wheels? If so, does that make the old bike as fast as the new bike? And then there's really no reason to get this new bike. That wouldn't be a good, um, so it just seems like there's a lot of ways that you can kind of spin the marketing hype to make this new setup be the most impressive thing ever, even though the old one was probably just as good. Right. Um, with all that said, the wheels are, you know, they're kind of a unique setup in the sense that they're, um, different, uh, wheel section depth front and rear, and they're also different wheel width front and rear. So the front wheel is 31 millimeters wide at the, I guess it's not brake track, but I guess at the hooks. Um, and then at the rear, it goes down to like 27 mil. And, you know, if you think about the wheels that you've got, so the old race rims that you have, those were 25 mil wide at the brake track. So imagine looking down and seeing something 31 millimeters wide right. when your tire is only 26. So it's, it's significantly wow. wider. And, um, it's also, I think 51 mil deep on the front and 60 mil deep on the back. So you kind of have a little bit of um, variability in, in the depth as well. And I think Envy's done that for a few years with their wheel sets and kind of giving you arrow with some more arrow in the back and a little less potential for getting pushed by the wind in the front. So increased stability, I guess, is kind of where that plays into is, uh, you know, it's 25% more stable than the old wheels. You had mentioned that also that uh, something about pros getting uh, preferential sizes than over the <laughs> consumer. What was this and how did that data get leaked? I don't think it's data that's got 
leaked. I just have a weird nuance of looking at bike pictures and noticing little differences. So if you look at some of the pictures that the, whether it's Bora or Quickstep are riding, um, I, I look at bikes in the bigger sizes because that's what I ride being taller. Um, and a lot of the bikes off the shelf have just really tall head tubes and they're really kind of upright. Even like uh, the, the, the SL7 and SL6, they got pretty tall head tubes. But if you look at what the, the taller pros are riding, they've got something that is obviously a different makeup or a different geometry where they've got um, a shorter head tube in the front. And I know that historically, you know, like the SL2 tarmac was available in a team geometry, which was a, a lower stack height because um, obviously the pros are on their bikes all day. So they've got um, the core strength to handle a setup like that and, we're going to make the the regular geometry a little more forgiving for your average Joe. That way they can wink, wink, ride the same bike that Tom Bonin's riding. Right, right. Um, and I think that's, you know, they used to sell those bikes to the public, but I don't think they do it as much anymore. However, it looks like a lot of the pros are still out riding them. So, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, hey, some people might want that bike too, instead of having to put on like a negative 30 degree stem to replicate the same fit. You know, I, I, thinking here of the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. I remember that as an engineer seeing the thing wobble around, which was um, trying to do more and more lightness or whatever, less structure for a bridge. And you're, you're, you're engineering your way into a disaster. And I hope that the tarmac isn't doing that. It sounds like it's more stable, stable than, than what the other ones were, but you're always, you know, more arrow, less, you know, more light. And, um, I, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's it's all fine. It's not going to have, have a problem. And I'm sure it's much, much uh, quicker. So we should all be buying this this brand new bike. Uh, when, in reality, you know, I was talking to a friend, John, who has uh, the, the Madone, and he is so bloody fast going downhill in an arrow on that thing. And then he's talking about, oh, well, I want to get the Amanda. It's lighter. And then the reality he just comes up to is like, I could just lose a few pounds, you know, for right now. For me, this does, does this make sense? And you're going, you know, it's always, you see this. I mean, it's one thing if you're a racer and you're on the leanest you can be of getting the lightest bike and the most arrow. But for most of us, it's probably more of a, a fashion statement or just the thing to do, right? Yeah, I mean, everybody wants the new shiny toy, right? Yeah. Um, that's why I have so many bikes in the garage. Right. It'd probably be easier for me to have fewer bikes and, and lose some weight and I'd probably climb much better. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, the bike that I've used to go the fastest I've ever done any climbs with is like my old Venge, which is by that chart I showed you just a terrible bike and I should go burn it in the fireplace because it's slow and heavy. Um, so it, it, you know, it, it's, it just is what it is. And yeah, for, for us, we're, our, we're not earning our, our paychecks on our performance on the bike. Right. You'll probably be just fine on your giants and I'll probably be just fine on my obsolete tarmac. And, it is what it is. I, so, we might not be able to stop going downhill because we're on rim brakes, though, and we'll just be right hazards. You know, it, it is something to say about rim brakes. I mean, rim brakes <laughs> on um, aluminum, pretty good braking surface. Aluminum, uh, rim brakes on carbon, I do not enjoy as much. Um, just a little bit more sketchy, especially if there's a little bit of moisture or you start hearing them squeal. So the the, the disc brake is probably the way to go. You know, about bikes, um, those that in the local Sacramento area might know um, Colin Simon, um, good rider years ago, a few years ago. He rode with the pistachio team, um, kind of quit cycling. But he's been out doing rides with us again, and he's been riding um, – just the last week, he went back to a, a newer bike, but it was like down to shifters. He's riding toe clips and I'm mean, literal, you know, like over the strap and uh, tennis shoes. And he's hanging in on these climbs. Um, so sometimes it's the engine, right? Sometimes I'm saying sometimes doesn't mean but now, if he was on like a fully decked out setup, he wouldn't be hanging on. He'd be riding away from you. You know, he showed up with one this last week and he was, he was riding about the same, <laughs> about the same. I don't know what that says. <laughs> no. Yeah. I showed you the chart. I, you know, can you send me that chart and I will link to it in a, in the description of this thing because I'm very I, I want to see it a little bit closer up. If people want to take a look at it, we'll um, we'll throw that out because um, it's yeah. funny how you said and they have arrows in a circle. Here's the ideal and um, right. X and Y uh, axis. Do they are they labeled? They're labeled, but there's no like uh, there's no scale. Oh, it's like my retirement fund and uh, it's right. 7-Eleven knock early uh, knock off a 7-Eleven or something like that. Minimum security? Right. All right. That's how you yeah. money. Um, anything else before we go out of here and, and t take off for the weekend? No, I'm 
I wish I could take off for the weekend. I got to get back to work. But um, no, I just uh, happy to chat. Been a while. Hopefully, see you on a bike ride one day. Uh, yeah, yeah, me, uh, me too. So, um, uh, well, let's. Okay, so uh, one last thing here, Chris. I appreciate it. We'll we'll check into with you again uh, anytime. Another time, there's a, a bike related um, issue coming up. Let us know, and we'll we'll talk to you because this is fascinating info you gave us today. I don't know if anybody else is excited as I am, but um, I found it. I found it uh, pretty good. It was Nate. Uh, did he pull himself off the ledge a little bit at least? I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see next time he's out on a bike if he's on uh, a disc brake setup just to test the waters. But uh, he's one of those guys that I think really holds on to the purity of the bike, and will probably be on rim brakes until he's worn through his brake tracks. All right. Well, okay. Well, Strada Bianca, who's your pick for the win this week? Uh, it, is Zimney still listening? We had a discussion about this yesterday. He was thinking Matthew Vanderpool is, yeah. is probably a really good pick. I'm going for uh, Wild Banner. I've recommended him, but I, I think Vanderpool might be the guy to go with. All right. Vanderpool, we'll I'm going Wout. Uh, Maybe Tish. We'll go back to Tish. All right. Thanks, Chris, for joining us, everybody. Episode 185 in the books. Have a good weekend, and uh, keep the rubber side down. Stay safe.